Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. Today we're going to be talking about committing to God. And uh, before we get into the message, I do have a confession to make. And I'm going to be very, very honest. Um, there's probably going to be about a third of you guys that are going to get, really get upset with me with the confession that I'm about to make uh, to the point to where I may lose you for the rest of the day, if not forever. There's a third of you that are going to be upset, but you're just going to say, well, I'm going to extend some grace and I'm going to get over it. And then there's going to be another third of you that's just going to say, I don't care either way. But here's the confession. It was a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's actually been going on for about a year. And it's just been a struggle. I'm just going to be honest. It's just been a struggle. Saturday after Saturday after Saturday, it was a struggle. And finally, about two weeks ago, I text two of my really, really good friends. And I just said, guys, I've had enough. I'm trading in my Razorbacks college fan card for a Clemson fan card. And one of them replies with, well, at least you didn't pick up an LSU fan card. So I, I felt a little bit better about myself for that. But, but just after all the heartache, after all of the hope and letdowns and high expectations, low expectations, I just finally gave in. And I turned it in and I picked up a Clemson uh, fan card. But what I want you guys to know is I'm not a dedicated fan to them. I'll eventually come back to Hog Nation, just probably not this year. And you know what the funny thing is, is the funny thing is there, there are some people out there, I'm not saying anybody in here, but there's some, some people out there that would judge me critically for what I just said and would be harsh if I ever posted that on social media, oh, Lord, the comments that I would get and the memes that would be posted on my wall or posted on my post, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And there would be people that would run me into the ground because I'm not a true fan. I'm a bandwagoner. I've admitted to you guys before that I'm a bandwagoner, right? I've told you guys this before. I am. I am. And what gets me, though, is people will criticize someone for hopping teams a lot quicker than what they will for hopping churches, for hopping relationships, for up and leaving their families. We just got too real now. But it's, but it's true. It's amazing to me. I don't, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's amazing to me that the Dallas Cowboys are still America's team. Why? Like, why? They won one playoff game in like a decade, I think, right? Or maybe they haven't even won a playoff game in a decade. But why? And it amazes me the loyalty, listen to me, the loyalty and the heartache that people will put up with for a football team or a basketball team or a baseball team. And how long the Cubs, come on somebody, the Cubs just won their first World Series in like a hundred years. 
Isn't, isn't that what it was, Jeffrey? A hundred years. And they still had a ton of fans. But as soon as our relationships get hard, we jump ship. As soon as it's not fun to, you know, as soon as the roses and the chocolates and the cute little posts and the selfies are, as soon as all of that ends, then we're out. As soon as that nice little butterfly feeling whenever we're lifting up our hands or, 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 or as soon as something is said or as soon as something is done or as soon as somebody looks at us, we're, we're, we're out on other things. But we're clinging to a losing team for years. Like, come on, what? Anybody with me? So c- commitment, that's what we're going to be talking about the, for, the few, f- for the first few weeks. And I'm going to start off this morning by explaining to you guys what commitment is. So the dictionary describes commitment as being the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause or activity, etc. Committed means that you're dedicated, that I am dedicated. And again, it amazes me and shocks me how much quicker we are to commit to things that don't even matter. Ken Blanchard said, Ken Blanchard is an amazing uh, leadership teacher. If you are in a leadership position of any sort uh, at your work or whatever, I, I recommend that you listen to some of his stuff. But I love the quote that he said. He said this, when we are interested in something, we do it only when it is convenient. So listen to me, church. You're going to hear it here, okay? You're going to hear it here first. I am interested in Razorback football. I'm not committed to it. I'm interested. And I'm going to be interested and I'm going to be a fan as long as it is convenient. As long as we're winning eight plus games, I'm a fan. Let me tell you, I am a fan. When we're one and four, eh, maybe not so much. When you're interested in something, we do it only when it is convenient. But when you're committed to something, highlight these two words. When you're committed to something, you don't accept excuses, only results. I love that so much. When you're interested in something, you participate, you do it, you go through it, you you uh, endure whatever it is as long as it's convenient, as long as you have something to gain from it. But when you're committed to it, you don't accept excuses, only results. You guys with me? Man, I love that quote. That's what true commitment looks like. And listen to this. When we commit to what is worthy, our lives will flourish. When we commit to the unworthy, we'll never have enough. When we commit to what is worthy, when we commit to what is worthy or or what is appropriate to things that we need to commit to, then life is better. We'll flourish in our lives. We'll flourish in our our works. When we commit to things that are worthy, that are worthy causes, then we'll find joy down in our hearts and in our souls but when we commit to things that are unworthy we'll never have we'll never have enough you know you know like somebody who's committed to Fortnite. you know what i don't even know what Fortnite is i just know it's a big deal 
yeah, I, I'm with you guys. What's, what's that? A vi- some type of video game is all I know. But when somebody's committed to video games, now, now help me out. Is, is that a worthy or unworthy cause? So be committed to video games. Help me out. Unworthy. Thank you. All the adults, all the teenagers are like, well, you never played it, so you don't even know. No. So when we commit to something that is unworthy, like some video game or, or, or a bad relationship or, or something like that, man, what it's going to do is it's going to bring disaster over our lives. It's, it's, it's a strong addiction. Anytime you have a strong addiction to something, it's never good. It never truly brings you joy. It never brings your family together. It never brings you into, the, into fulfilling your purpose and fulfilling your destiny. Addiction destroys and it creates uh, strongholds in your life and it creates separation from who you're supposed to be. And I think that's part of society's problem is we're committing to the wrong things. You guys with me? Like, like, let me just give you guys a quick example. Like, we're committing to being right, not necessarily to finding what is true. You guys with me? So we manipulate and we turn and we, and we lie as long as we're right because we don't want to be wrong. So we're committed to just not being wrong, not necessarily finding what is actually true. We're committed maybe to looking good, you know, having a good appearance, making sure everybody else has a good uh, or, or having a good reputation, make sure everybody else looks at us in a certain way. We're committed to that, but not necessarily to doing what is right. You guys with me? Zion has now entered this, this phase to where, you know, those magic words, if you're my best friend, then you'll, you guys know what I'm talking about? You can get a kid to do anything. My, my kid is a picky eater, but I made him eat something he didn't like the other day because if you're not my best friend, you're not going to eat that. If you're my best friend, you'll eat it. And he's like, this is so nasty. And he's eating it. <laughs> it was, it was, he's holding it in his mouth. He's like, oh, it's so nasty. If you're my best friend, you'll eat it. You can get a kid to do anything. If you're my best friend, and it's amazing how sometimes we don't really grow out of that. And we, we do things that we maybe shouldn't do. Go places, talk about things, talk about people. Because we're more committed to fitting in than we are to taking a stand or to doing right. You guys with me? So when we're committed to those type of things, when we're more committed to those type of things, again, it leads to destruction. It, it leads to disaster. It, it separates. It creates, it creates bitterness inside of our hearts, inside of other people's hearts. It creates problems. But when we're committed to what is worthy, to what is right, to, to something that is actually worth giving your life for, giving your life to, when we commit to those things, when we flourish, we'll find joy, we'll find happiness, we'll find peace, we'll find We'll find everything that we're actually looking for if we would learn to commit to what is worthy. You guys with me? Listen, we should never be so committed to being right or to, to, to having a good reputation or so committed to one side of the fence or another that we never are able to just see 
what is right. You guys with me? So again, when we commit to what is worthy, our lives will flourish. When we commit to what is unworthy, we'll never have enough. God requires, now listen to this, God requires our full commitment. God wants all or nothing. Revelations, go with me to Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Revelation is going to be the very last book of your Bible. Revelation chapter 3. Verses 15 through 17. A lot of you guys have probably um, heard, maybe read these scriptures. Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. What God is saying here, what Jesus is saying here, listen, I want all of you or I don't want any of you. I want your full commitment. I don't want half of you here, half, you know, you, we, don't, we don't straddle the line. We don't straddle the fence with Jesus. We're either all in or we're all out. You don't almost or you don't halfway, you don't get halfway into heaven. You don't get kind of into heaven. You guys with me? Well, kind of. Like you, you're either in or you're out. There's no halfway. There's no playing both sides. There's no doing both, you know, doing this back and forth type thing. You're either hot or you're cold. You're either committed to Jesus. You're either following Jesus or you're not following Jesus. You're either giving God your full attention and either you've, you've either given God your life or you have not given God your life. There's, again, there's no in-between And Jesus says, I wish, I wish that you were one way or the other. You know, because he can, he can work with that. If, if you're, if you're, if you're just completely uh, turned off from him and if you're away from him, he can, he can at least start trying to get your heart. He can at least start trying to, or he can at least be trying to, to pursue you. But I think sometimes there's nothing more dangerous than somebody that thinks they know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a mechanic, and I don't try to be a mechanic because I know if I tear something apart, it's not getting put back together. And I know, like, I know myself well enough to know that I'm dangerous whenever I do anything else other than change the oil and put in grease certs and change a battery. I start, I mean, I, I, I look under that hood, and I'm, I get under a truck. I don't know what I'm looking at, and I'm not going to lie. And it's dangerous whenever somebody thinks that they are a mechanic. And they just start taking stuff apart. They just start being like, no, this will help. Ding, ding, ding. You know what I'm talking about? And I think we're, we're never, we're in a pretty dangerous position when, we're, when we think. Like when we're kind of balancing and we think we're doing enough. And we think that we've maybe given God our hearts but we truly haven't 
You see, it's interesting. Jesus says that at the end of times, he says he's going to come back and he says he's going to separate the sheep from the, from the goats. And he's going to look at the ones to his left and he's going to say, you guys, you guys get away from me because I, I never knew you. And, and they're, they're going to say, what do you mean you never knew us? They're going to say, but we cast out, listen, they're going to say, we cast out demons in your name. We prayed in your name. We worshiped in your name. And Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. And I was having a conversation with another pastor and, and we were just being very honest and, and we both said, like, sometimes I feel like I might be there. And that's a dangerous place to be. Listen, God wants your full commitment. We can't be halfway in, halfway out. We can't be playing this game with God to where I give you these certain days, but on these days I get to do whatever I want. How many know it wouldn't work that way in a, in, a, in a relationship? It wouldn't work that way in your marriage? Like, hey, baby, I've got it all worked out. You get Wednesday through Sunday and Monday, Tuesday, and I get the other one gets me. Yeah. That, won't, that wouldn't work out, would it? <laughs> Nobody wants to say anything, man. Y'all are scared. Some of you are like, huh, I don't know, maybe... No, 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 stop. Don't, don't let your minds wander. It doesn't work that way. And again, we're never more dangerous than when we're just kind of straddling the fence. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 6, says that if we would seek first the kingdom of God, then everything else would be added to us. Listen, when we place God at the top of our priorities, everything else will fall into place. When we commit to God, when we place God at the very top of our priorities, and he truly is number one in our lives, everything else will fall into place. But when we get that wrong, when we get that wrong, then everything else will fall out of line. I have another confession to make. Whenever I was in high school, I once memorized the answers to the test. But I did not memorize the actual answers as much as I memorized A, B, D, C. You, you know what I'm saying? Like I just memorized like the bubble in answer. And I, and I was actually pretty good. But you know what I did? I got the first one wrong. Like I got the first one out of order. So you know what that did to the rest of my answers? Yeah, I got a big like 10 on that test because I feel that they just happen to fall in line. But I got that first answer wrong and everything else. Every, man, it, those of y'all that are teachers aren't really liking this story very much, but that's what, that's what happened. And that's what happens so many times in our lives, man. Whenever we get God in another priority, whenever we put him second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it may be, anytime we get him out of order, everything else will shift out of order. Everything else will mess up. Nothing else will fall into the place that it's supposed to be. You guys with me? You gotta, you gotta keep God first, man. This is why there's so much evil in the world. This is why there's... Well, we may not ever be able to truly comprehend it, but this is why, this is why fathers walk out. This is why mothers walk out. 
It's not necessarily that they're just terrible people. It's because they don't have their priorities in line. And while you may not be able to comprehend how a mother or a father can just walk out in the way that they do, but I'm telling you, all it takes is just taking God from number one and shifting him down a few. And listen to me, listen to me, mommies. Not even your kids can be up on number one. That's, that's where we mess up sometimes. Guys, where we mess up sometimes is we put ourselves on number one. Us guys can just be selfish. All the ladies said. Amen. Yeah, that was your chance, ladies. That was your chance. But mommies, what you, like, but what you like to do is you like to put your kids up there. And I'm telling you, you put anything else in number one, anything else other than God in number one, everything else begins to shift out of place. Everything else begins to mess up. That's why there's so much chaos sometimes. That's why you don't understand why your kids uh, act the way that they do and, or, 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 or whatever. We have to keep God, number one. If we would seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then everything else will line up. Everything else will have its place. You guys still with me this morning? Let's go to Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38. Matthew's the very first book in the New Testament. We'll start reading in verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Listen, the very first step that you need to take in committing your life to God and being committed and being in a truly committed relationship with God is number one, you've got to give God your life. You've got to give God everything. You've got to give God your life. Sometimes we get it twisted and we think that all God wants is a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or a small group meeting every now and then. That's not what God wants. That might be a part of it, but that's not what God wants. God wants your life, man. He wants to be at the center of your life. He wants to be a part of every decision that you make. He wants to be a part of everywhere that you go. God wants to be your one and only. He wants to be everything in your life. You have got, if you're going to commit to God, you've got to jump in. You've got to dive in. You've got to say, God, it's all or nothing. You've got to say, God, I am all yours. Number two is you build your relationship with God. Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart. This is relationship, man. He wants your heart. He wants to build a relationship with you. He wants you to build a relationship with him. So how do you build a relationship with God? How would you build a relationship with anyone else? By spending time with them, right? 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 Now, in today's, today's world, it means you text each other all day long and you Snapchat each other, but we can't really text God. 
So we still, but we still spend time with God. Now, this doesn't mean, listen to me, please listen to me. I've shared with you guys my story. You know, I've, I've tried, I've tried several times. There was, there was some point while I was in high school that we were coming here and, and me and a couple of friends would meet right here in the morning and we'd try to pray at like six o'clock in the morning. And, and you know what? That, that worked out really, really well for me for about three days. When the, once the excitement wore off of like, yeah, we're going to change the whole world and God's going to move. And once all of that kind of, kind of, simmered down inside of us, man. I was coming here just to take a nap. Like that's, that's what I was doing. I was waking up at five o'clock in the morning, getting ready, then coming to the church to take a nap. It didn't make any sense at all. I'm not telling you you got to wake up like super early in the morning. I'm not telling you that you got to sit there and read your Bible for, for just three hours a day. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not telling you that at all. I'm just saying, spend some time with him. Like here's, here's a good start. If you spend zero time with God today, or usually then spend five minutes with God. Would you, would you agree that that's a step up? You guys with me? Five minutes is longer than zero minutes, correct? Amen. Yeah, read a, hey, read, a, read a chapter out of the Bible. Hey, a, a, a book I meant to tell you guys earlier, but the book that inspired this message um, is the book of Malachi. It's the very last book of the Old Testament. It's four chapters. You guys should read it this week. You guys, you can take all week to read it if you want to just sit down and read it in one setting. Whatever works for you, but building a relationship with God means you're spending time with Him. It means you're actually praying, or it means that you're praying with Him. And again, this doesn't mean like we're, we're I mean, it's not like all the lights are down low and, and smoke fills the room and a bright light begins to shine. Like, I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm just saying have an open conversation with God. Next time, next time you're about to get onto your kids, like just spend like, like 30 seconds just saying, God, really help me. <laughs> you guys ever need help disciplining your children? I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Yeah, sometimes we need help disciplining, disciplining our children. Next time you're at odds with your spouse, like just spend a little bit of time and say, God, help me to understand that woman. Not, I don't, God, help me. <laughs> Any, anybody else want to be real with me this morning? Yeah, what, that's what I'm talking about. Like, just keep an open line of communication with God. If, if you don't ever read your Bible, then read your Bible a little bit. Again, throughout this week, read the book of Malachi. We're about to start a brand new month tomorrow. Uh, start reading the book of Proverbs. R- read one chapter a day out of the book of Proverbs. If, if you can't read because we're in Polk County, then download the Bible on your phone and it'll read to you. I didn't mean to offend anybody, but sometimes reading is hard. You guys with me? But spend some time doing those things. Listen, every now and then, instead of listening to this whole latest beef with Eminem and uh, what's the other guy's name? Machine Gun Kelly. Put on some worship music. For the rest of you, instead of listening to Garth Brooks again, put on some, put on some wor- worship music. You guys with me? That's what it means. That's what it looks like to build a relationship with God. I'm not saying like 
everything, I'm not, I'm not saying, again, it's not smoke-filled rooms and it's not like angels appearing. And, and I'm, I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is just spend some time with God. So every now and then, turn off the radio. Turn off the news. Quit listening to whatever it is that you're listening to. And put on some worship music every now and then. Hello? Come on, there's, there's, good music, there's good worship music out there. There's good all kinds of Christian music out there. Listen to that every now and then. Read your Bibles. Pray. I'm telling you, you, you can't. I'm telling you, you cannot pursue a relationship with God if you're not doing all three of those things at some level. Just a little bit. Just a, if you don't do none right now, then start with five minutes. Can you guys do that for me, please? Would you do that for yourself? Would you do that for your families? Would you do it for your eternity? That's really what you'd be doing it for. So God wants our heart. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So we build a relationship with him. Then he says, love the Lord your God with all of your soul. What does this look like? It means being a consistent part of God's kingdom. Being a consistent part of God's kingdom and being here, listen to me, being here in church is good for your soul. Yeah? Some, some of us, when we're outside of a church, when we're outside of church, it's like we're sinning every 10 minutes, but we might make it 15 if we're sitting in church. <laughs> you guys with me? Yeah. Or we might make it 30, I don't know. But being here, being a part of God's kingdom, serving in God's kingdom, doing things for God's kingdom, that is good for your soul. That's giving God your soul. And I don't want to preach to the choir because obviously you're here this morning. But I just want to share with you guys one of the greatest things that my parents ever did for me, and that was bring me to church. For me, missing a Sunday morning or a Saturday night or a Wednesday night or whatever, it was never an option. It wasn't ever talked about. It wasn't ever a discussion. It wasn't, my, my mom or my dad never walked into my room on, Monday, on Sunday morning and said, hey, Jay, you feel like going to church this morning? Well, that didn't happen. It was, get up. It's time to go to church. And sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, and other times I was like, yay. You know, I mean, I had my, feelings and every now and then liked it and every now and then didn't like it but it was never a discussion it, it you know it, my mom never kind of like snuck into my room and oh he's so tired I'm just gonna let him sleep in like that that, that never happened it's like get up let's go and you know what listen to me that was one of the greatest things that my parents ever did for me and this is why, because there was a period in my life, about nine months long in my life, where I was just simply making the wrong decisions. I was doing the wrong things, going to the wrong places, hanging out with the wrong people, acting the wrong way, talking about, watching, doing all. I mean, just about nine months, that was just chaos in my life. And I wasn't living at home. I was actually, I was living in Texarkana. But through all of that, listen to me, through all of that, you know what I did every single Sunday morning? I was here. I was here. 
every single Sunday morning, I drove from Texarkana to here. Not because my dad wasn't calling me saying, EJ, you better be here. I'm out of the house. He can't do anything to me. So I, so I thought, I told myself anyways. If he really wanted to, he would have. But throughout all that time, through those nine months of doing that, I never left the church. I was here because it was just a part of who I am. And yes, for those nine months, I was a hypocrite in the back and, and I was living wrong on Friday and Saturday night and not just those nights, but just the entire week living wrong. And then I'm, up, I'm over here Sunday morning shaking everybody's hand and putting a grin on and, and while inside I'm, I'm thinking and I'm doing and I'm thinking about and, and just a huge hypocrite for those nine months. But you know what? I was in an environment where at least God could do something with me. And there were a few of those Sunday mornings where I heard God's voice speaking to me as I'm sitting back there in the back, trying my best to ignore the voice of God, trying my best to ignore the message, even making fun of my dad if that's what it took, even just going outside and whatever. But I was here and God reached out to me. Listen to me, parents. That's the best gift you can give to your kids. You guys with me? Man, that helped me so much. And I know, I know, I know my life is different than what most of yours is. I know I was raised differently than what most of you have been or were. But now you can do for your kids what my parents did for me. And I'm telling you, if my parents would not have raised me that way, I would have walked away from the church and I really don't think I would have ever looked back. There's no doubt in my mind that at the very least, I would not be standing right here today. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. It's all because my parents never, it was never an option. It was never a discussion. This is what we do. You guys with me? I know, I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, and I'm sorry, but I had to, I had to let all of that out. I had to, and, and, and listen to me, I'm going to be honest and real with you, not just for those of you that are here, but for those that may be listening to the podcast later on. I struggled, I really struggled with putting this part in the message. I really struggled, should I put it in or should I leave it out? And I just felt like it was something that needed to be said. It was something that someone needed to hear. So be a consistent part of God's kingdom. Number three, he says, love the Lord your God with all of your soul. I mean, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your what? With all of your mind. Give God every day. Here's a simple prayer that I pray in some sort of fashion every single day for me and my family. And it just goes simply like this. God, help us to honor God you. May our, our family honor you today. It's simple. But what I'm doing is I'm committing my day and not only my day, but I'm actually speaking over the rest of my family and I'm committing my family's day to God's kingdom. I'm committing my family's day to his purpose, to him. Now, every now and then we have bad days 
And sometimes we may not do the best job at honoring God, but at the very least, I'm starting every single day, and I'm saying, God, I'm giving today to you. I'm giving this day, September 30th, 2018, I'm giving it to you, God. So if you want to commit your life, if you want to be committed to God, listen to me, start day by day. How do we get anywhere in life? Anywhere in life. How did you get here this morning? Like you didn't just wake up, oh, hey, I'm in church this morning. No, you like, you got up, you got yourself dressed, maybe you fixed some breakfast or I don't know, or, but you jumped in the car and mile by mile you ended up here. You started somewhere else and you ended up here. If we want to look back on our lives and it be a committed, devoted, dedicated life to God, we do it. Day by day by day. You guys with me? God wants your heart. He wants your soul. He wants your mind. Just decide every single day, every day that you wake up, just decide, listen, I am going to honor God with my life. I'm going to follow Jesus today. I'm going to devote my life, my time, my day to God. You guys with me? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. I'm just going to read it to you. It says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, but our sufficiently, sufficiency excuse me, is from God. There's absolutely no way that we could do all of this by ourselves. We have to rely on God's help. There's no way any of you, any of us, could ever be devoted followers of Jesus Christ On our own. There's no way any of us could follow God completely on our own. We need God's help. So ask God for your help, for his help every single day. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse two. And with this, I'll close for he says in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you behold now is the accepted time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. Listen to me. The time is now. The time is now. For you to commit your life to God, the day is today. Don't wait. Don't push it off. Don't think I'll do it later. Don't think that sounds nice, but it's difficult right now. I'm just in an awkward stage of my life right now. I'm in a difficult moment in my life. Don't. The time is now. You know, we don't, we don't get everything together. We don't get all of our ducks in a row and then we come to God. No, we, we come to God so that he can get all of our ducks in a row. We don't get all of our priorities in line and straightened out and then we come to God. No, we come to God so that he can do that for us. We don't clean up our lives and then we come to God. We come to God so he can clean up our lives for us. The time is now. The day is today. Today is a day of salvation. The time to commit your life to God is now. The time to begin to committing your days to God is now. The time to give your heart and begin to build a relationship with God is now, is today. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.thurmanmodelchurch.com.